Good evening, everybody. Welcome back to Imperfectly Perfect Live. I am Trini Sharp. I'm your host for the evening. Is it a pleasure to be back before you guys yet another week? I'm excited about everything that God is doing throughout this platform and throughout this series that God has just been blowing my mind where we've been on the God's Love Languages series and God actually shifted me tonight. I know last week we talked about um, receiving gifts and what it means for God to um, to give us gifts. And we were going to talk about tonight what it means for us to um for God to use us and to reveal his gifts to us as far as our spiritual gifts, but God shifted a different way. So it definitely was needed, you know, the change, the shift was needed. So I'm excited about sharing with you what God um, downloaded in my spirit to talk about this evening. Um, and before we do that, we're going to say a word of prayer, go over it a little bit of review, and then we're going to get into tonight's topic. All right, let's pray. There any Father God, we just thank you, God, for this day, God. We just thank you, God, for who you are, God, in our lives. God, we thank you, God, for continuing, God, to have your way, to Father God, to rule over us, God, to God, just saturate, God, our presence, Father God. We thank you, Father, for just knowing what we need, God, even when we don't know it, dear Father. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you will meet us here tonight, God, that you will move heavily, God, through me in the name of Jesus. God, I am your humble vessel. And I thank you, Father God, for choosing me for such a time as this. God, touch those that are watching. Touch those that will be listening in the name of Jesus, that they be receptive, God, of what you have to say, God. May it change them, God. May it restore them, God. May it lift them up and encourage them, God, to press forward, God, to press towards the mark of the high calling. God, I thank you, Holy Spirit, that whatever it is that they need, God, God, meet every need in the name of Jesus. I thank you that you shall be glorified and magnified. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, guys, tuning in. Hey, Elder Carolyn on Instagram. All right. All right. So let's get into a quick review of what we talked about last week. I get my notes here. So we are on the God's Love Languages series. And for those of you that um, are new to the platform, as well as the series, um, talking about love languages. Gary Chapman is the author for, for the book called Five Love Languages. And those are, those five love languages are quality time, touch, words of affirmation, acts of service, and gifts. And with, with these um, five love languages, basically the Gary Chapman, he was saying that there are certain ways that we as human beings love to receive, want to receive love and also ways that we also that we want to give the love. And so knowing these things is especially when you're in a relationship or even friends and how they want to, you know, express their love to you, it's important to know that because if you don't know that um, somebody can express their love, like say if you're not really into gifts and they, they're giving you gifts, you know, because maybe that's their love language as far as giving it to you and you just like uh, I'm not really into the whole gift thing and, and quality time is, is perfect for you. Just spending time with somebody is perfect for you. So that is just um, some things that he talked about in his book. And um, God downloaded to my spirit to start the series, uh, God's Love Languages, because he wanted us to, to know that he's the creator of that and that without, without him, there is no love. Why? Because God is love. This says it in the word of God. And so he wanted us to know that he that he wants us to reciprocate the love that he gives out. He wants us to reciprocate that love because we have been just taking, 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 receiving, 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 and not returning, not returning the love. 
Hey, Dr. Ulysses, uh, not returning that love. So we have to get into a position of returning our Heavenly Father back the love that he has given us. And so we talked about the love languages. We also talked about what love is. Love is unselfish, loyal, and benevolent, characterized by or expressing goodwill or kindly feelings concern for the good of another. And then language is the communication of meaning in any way, medium that is expressive, significant. So as throughout this series, we um, have learned that language is not just about us speaking. It's not just about the tangible. And the part and the part that we were talking about touch, we learned that you can, uh, you can communicate with God without actually touching him physically, touching him by worship, touching him by giving, touching him by praising him, touching him by being obedient. There are different ways that you can touch him. So that's just a little bit. But of course, if you didn't get a chance to see those things, you can what go on I Am A Perfectly Perfect Incorporated's Facebook page. We are um, have all the podcasts available on there. And also you can listen to the podcast on all podcast, podcast platforms. Um, that's Google Podcasts, um, Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Lord, let me slow down, and Spotify. So also last week we talked about our last topic was, one second, because I want to make sure you guys know it. So our last topic last week was God's Love Languages series, Receiving Gifts, Receiving Gifts. And just some of the things we were talking about was what gifts has God given us? And then also what gifts has God, um, and also what gifts is God required to give to him? So we talked about those two things and some of those things that God has given us um, is talking about um, just his power, just his love, and just, you know, just being able to be in his presence. Those are just some gifts that we talked about. And if, again, I don't really have time to really go over that too much because I really just want to dive right into this thing. However, you can go on the um, the page and you can listen to last week's podcast. So, because I feel the Holy Spirit like, all right, let's move on. Let's move on. <laughs> I'm like, all right. All right, God, we, we just going to roll with it. So let's get into it. So tonight's tonight's topic, tonight's topic, and I'm just scrolling down here. Tonight's topic is the love upgrade, the love upgrade. And God is just so awesome. God is so awesome. And I was, to be honest, I was hesitant of this, this title only because I follow Pastor Michael Todd from Transformation Church. And he's on a series called The Upgrade. And I was like, Ugh, I do not like, you know, if it looks like I'm stealing people's stuff and, you know, all of that. And God was like, what I'm giving you is not what I gave Pastor Michael Todd. And I'm just like, well, excuse me, he shut me up. <laughs> and I'm just like, because sometimes, you know, I'm, I'm a big tickler when people steal people's ideas. And it's one thing for people to um, be inspired by uh, others' ideas. But it's another thing for people to actually steal people's ideas and claim it as theirs. So I was hesitant about that, but God was like, I'm the author and the finisher. I'm the creator. I know what I'm giving you is, is not the same thing as what I gave um, Pastor Michael Todd. 
I'm like, all right, God, well, let's let's roll with it then. You listen, I'm just I'm just the vessel, and listen, this is your platform, so let's go. So tonight we're talking about we should God shifted it, and we're doing the love upgrade. And God was downloaded to my spirit because God has been doing some amazing things in my life, and even just in this season, God has just been doing some awesome things and. He just, every time he does it, I just am like so eternally grateful because I've I've been in seasons where I've looked up to God and say, Lord, where are you? Literally, it's like, God, do you not hear my prayers? God, do you not see what the situation that I am, um, that I'm in? Lord, where are you? So for me to be in a season where God has said, I heard your cries, I've seen your tears, I've heard you. And now you are in a season of of harvest. Now you are in a season of harvest. And it doesn't just stop here, which we're going to get into momentarily, because what we have to understand as children of God is that all of our rewards are not going to be here on earth. All of our, our rewards is not going to be here on earth. There are rewards that we will only receive in heaven. And the only way we're going to receive them is because of what we do here on earth. But God wants us to know to not be so concerned and be so um, infant, be so uh, concerned or so, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, obsessed with what happens here on earth that you forget that this is not your permanent home, that we are here temporarily into our um, Lord and Savior Jesus Christ raptures us up and calls us to, you know, into heaven with him. So upgrade, what does upgrade mean? Upgrade is an increase or improvement. When you receive an upgrade, think about it. Think about phones, right? So phones are such a a hot commodity, you know, during this day and age where having the latest cell phone is the biggest thing. I mean, to the point where they come out with a new cell phone Every year, and sometimes they try to do it, you know, um, every, what is it, semi, what is it, um, twice a year, let's just go with that, twice a year, because everybody's trying to keep up with each other, Samsung, um, Apple, LG, everybody's trying to keep up with one another, and everybody is you know, just like, oh, okay, well, you got this, you got this type of camera, but I'm going to take this and take it to the, another, to the next level, and everybody wants what's next. And a lot of times is, is because they're creating these upgrades and they're providing it for us every year and maybe twice a year that what we don't understand is, is not much of a change. Not much has changed in, in that upgrade. Maybe they, they tweak, you know, the camera just slightly, or maybe the, um, the frame is different. The outside of it is different, or, you know, maybe the, just like, I don't know, just maybe it it makes you look different or whatever it is. It just kind of just draws your attention, or maybe they change the colors, the colors that are available for the upgrade is different from the previous version, but it wasn't such a significant change, right? But it's still considered an upgrade. Why? Because it's an increase. It's an improvement. Because when you get the next phone, when you get the upgrade, 
you it's to be expected that it works better than the one you previously had. It's expected that it works better than the one you previously had. Nobody wants to get an upgrade and then they're still dealing dealing with technical issues. They still dealing with camera, um, the camera not working right, the, the picture's still looking subpar. Nobody wants a phone, you know, that's still gonna that's gonna be either worse than um the phone that they already had or the same. Nobody wants that. Why am I kicking out extra money? And a lot of times when we get the upgrade. You know, sometimes they have these things called, uh, what is it, zero, um, zero percent financing, where you finance your phone and you don't even have to pay, um, pay, pay it in full right out, but you pay it monthly. You won't have to put nothing down, but rest assured, you won't have to put something down monthly for the phone. So, who wants to kick out extra money if it's not going to be worth it? So, just thinking about keeping that in mind and God was just letting me know that when when we choose him as soon as we choose God we've been upgraded as soon as we choose God we have been upgraded because the word of God says many are called but few are chosen God created mankind so that we can choose to serve him, so that we can choose, choose him. The angels, they already do it. They automatically worship God. They automatically, automatically when, you know, I don't even know if they sleep. I, I'm not even going to tell you, sit here and tell a lie. I don't know. But all day, every day, they worship God. They worship God. And God created us. He's like, listen, yes, that's wonderful that the angels, they just worship me. You worship Father because that's why that's why he created them. He created them for that purpose. But he said it, it's a different type of love. It's a different type of connection. When, I, when, <laughs> when we have all obstacles, all, you know, all things um, that are uh, that are pleasing to our sight, that are pleasing to our flesh. And yet and still, we choose God. We can choose to be in a wrong, wrong relationship because that person is pleasing to our flesh. But instead of going that route, we choose God because he says, no, that's not the person I have for you. I have greater in store for you. We choose to live in a city, city that maybe <laughs> is not pleasing to us Listen, I've said this before. When I was in Georgia, I wanted to stay in Georgia. I did not want to come back up here. I did not want to move back to Philly. But I heard the voice of God. He said, move back to, he's, well, actually his words were, move back home. And I knew what home meant. I was born and raised in Philly. He said, move back home. But even in that, <laughs> I knew that even though the location itself was Philly, but God was saying, come back home because my life in Georgia was not, was not pleasing to God. And it's not saying that because even, but it, it didn't start in Georgia. My, my, my prodigal uh, daughter journey didn't start in Georgia. However, God needed me back here because little did I know he had so much in store for me. 
so much in store for me when I, once I came back to Philadelphia. And had I stayed in Georgia, I would not be where I am now. I would not. And that's what it means when we choose God, what he will do, what God will do for us when we choose to serve and we choose to obey him over everything. So upgrade is an increase or improvement, a new version, a new version, improved model. Think about that term rags to riches. We go from <laughs> rags to riches and not saying that physically like you like, you know, some cases it might be OK. God will increase you financially, but that's not let's not be so con so concerned about the financial part and, and get so uh, wrapped up in keeping God in a box that all we think about when we think about upgrade is is finances. When we think about upgrade. All we think about is money. No, there are so and so much more to God than that. And that's where we want to get into tonight. God makes us a new version, improved model. So when we choose, when we choose God over everything, God will, number one, he will make us a new creature. God will make us a new creature. Think about, think about that moment for those of you that are saved. Think about that moment. When you, when you had an encounter from God and you knew, you knew that mo in that moment that you needed Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you had tried everything else to be free, maybe have experienced abandonment or rejection. But when you had an encounter from God, experiencing that type of love, that unconditional love, you knew that the only choice that to make in that moment was to accept his only begotten son, Jesus Christ, as your Lord and Savior. And when we do that, he makes us a new creature. So that sinful nature that we once had is all behind us. So let's go to 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 5, 17. 2 Corinthians 5.17, the Amplified Version. And it says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, that is grafted in, joined to him by faith in him as Savior, he is a new creature, reborn and renewed by the Holy Spirit. The old things, the pre previous moral and spiritual condition have passed away. Behold, new things have come. Because spiritual awakening brings a new life. Wow. So when we accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, we are reborn. We are renewed. You say how? Because the word of God, I don't have time to go there right now. But it talks about, uh, I believe it was, and correct me if I'm wrong, I believe it was Nicodemus when he was having a conversation with Jesus. When Jesus was explaining salvation to him and, he, and Jesus was letting him know that when you accept me as Lord and Savior, I will make you a new creature. You will have a rebirth. And Nicodemus is, is saying to Jesus, he's like, 
Lord, how is that possible? What do, what do we do? Do we do we go back into our mother's womb and then she gives birth to us again? How how is that possible? Because Nicodemus couldn't understand. He couldn't understand it in his human intellect to understand how how am I going to be reborn? I'm already living. How is that possible? Because he was thinking about how am I reborn as in the natural? But no, Jesus was talking about the, the spiritual, the supernatural. You are born, reborn in the spirit. Because when Adam and Eve, when they disobey God, because of their disobedience, it caused us to, <laughs> to, to now, now we had to pay for our sins. Now we had to pay for our sins. So it now, uh, now we we're no longer innocent. So God had to send his only begotten son to redeem, to give us redemption for the mistake that Adam made. So he had to come and die on the cross for our sins so that we can, our sins can be redeemed. So God is saying, when you accept me, I will make you a new creature. So every, every and I'm, and I'm telling you everything that you have done. And I'm going to even take it this way. Even if you murdered somebody, intentionally murdered somebody, thought it out, wrote out the plan, you executed it. When you accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, he will make you a new creature. All those old things are passed away. Behold, new things have come before you. Why and how do we know this? Because Paul, the apostle Paul, he was responsible for so many Christians' lives. He was responsible for so many Christians' lives of being murdered. But he was, oh, he was stopped on the road to Damascus. And he saw Jesus. And when he had an encounter with God in that moment, God changed his life. And he went from being a murderer, a murderer, he went from being a murderer of Christians to being, he went from being a murderer of Christians to being one of the ones that led a multitude, thousands on thousands of Christians to Christ. He was a leader. He was an evangelist. He evangelized. God turned that thing around for him. Why? Because he chose God. He chose God. Which leads to my next point is that when we choose God over everything, God will restore our identity. God will restore our identity. So just like, and when I, when I talk about restore identity, because with, with Paul, he was already living a life of sin. But when God is talking about restore our identity is when we have been, say we were saved and then we got out from the, um, under the grace of God. And then we like, God, we, we allowed our pride to get the best of us. And then we say, Lord, I, I stepped out of your grace. I, 
How, how can you accept me back in? And just like the prodigal son, we're going to read about in a second. Just like the prodigal son, God will allow us to come back and he will accept us with open arms. Why? Because he knows our heart. He already knew the mistakes we were going to make. He already knew that we were going to choose a different path. But guess what? God knew all of that. He allowed us to go that way. But he knew that at some point we were going to get back on a straight and narrow path back to him. Back to him. My God, back to him. Thank you, sissy. Back to him. So I know it's a lot, but we need to read it because I believe that those that are watching is going to be some prodigal sons and daughters that need to hear this, that need to hear it. And I'm not going to rush the Holy Spirit. I'm not. <laughs> Word of God says, quench not the Holy Spirit. Luke 15, excuse me, verse 11 through 32. And I'm going to read in the NIV version. And it says, the parable of the lost son, Jesus continued, there was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got together all he had, set off for a distant country and there squandered his wealth in wild living. My God, after he has spent everything, there was a severe famine in that whole country and he began to be in need. So pause. So two sons, the father gave them both their inheritance. This particular son chose to use all his money, move away. He spent it all. And now he's, he's in need. 15 says, so he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him to his fields, fields to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pies that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. So now he went from having an inheritance. And now he wanted to, he wanted to spend it all trying to keep up with the Joneses. Now he's in need and now he's... <laughs> Now he's taking care of pigs. Verse 18 says, he says, uh, I will set out and go back to my, wait, no. Verse 17 says, when he came to his senses, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he got up and went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him, my God, and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him and kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer, I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fat, fattened calf and kill it. 
let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. My God. So he chose a different path, a path that he did not have to be on. But he chose it. Why? Because he was being greedy. He was being greedy. But God still loved him. So he gave him, he's like, all right, I'm going to let him go off. His father let him go off, but he was still praying for him. He was still looking for the day that his son came back home to him. Because as you can see in this, this parable that Jesus used, that the father, the son didn't even get all the way home. I'm sorry, guys. What do I have? I have the wrong one up. Um, there we go. The father didn't even, <laughs> the son didn't even get all the way home. And the father, the father met him right there on that road. And he had his open arms ready to accept him back in. And when he, when he came to him, he hugged him. He was just so happy that his son came back. He was so happy because his prayers were answered. And that's what God, and even when his son came back, he told his servants, he's like, quick, get the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Give him the fattened calf. Let's celebrate. Why? Because even throughout all that mess, even when the son chose a different path, he chose to come back. He chose to come back. And that's like many of you that are watching. That during this pandemic, you have chosen a different path. You chose a different path and you feel like it's too late for you to come back. You feel, you feel ashamed that you, you allowed yourself to be convinced by the enemy that, that this role that you're on now is better than the role that, of being with God. But I feel compelled right now to, in the middle of this podcast, to do a call of rededication. Because, my God, have your way. I've been down that road. I've been down the road where I was ashamed. I was ashamed of the mistakes I made. I was ashamed of choosing a life full of sin over God, especially when I, I had a relationship with God, especially when I knew about the goodness of God, especially when I knew about all the things that Jesus did for me. But I, I could not, I could not allow myself to get beyond the fact that I, I was afraid that I disappointed him. And, and just like my natural father, I never, or my natural mother, that I never, never want to disappoint my parents. So I definitely never wanted to disappoint God. And so the, the just the thought of me disappointing God, it was like I was having an experience like Adam and Eve when, when, huh, when they were awakened after they disobeyed God because they ate that off of the tree, knowledge of good and evil that they wasn't supposed to eat off of. And when they did that, 
They looked and they were ashamed. They were ashamed of themselves because they were naked at first and their eyes were opened. And now they're looking at themselves, oh my gosh, they were so ashamed of their naked bodies. And they, and they went into the, the field and they, and they got some figs and they sold the figs together, the leaves and the figs together and they make clothing. And then God says to Adam, where are you? Because they were hiding as if God did not know where they are. As if God did not know that they sinned. God knows every move we're going to make. God knows the sins that we're going to do. God knows. Why? Because he's our creator. So it's nothing that God doesn't know. And it's nothing that God won't forgive you of if you repent. If you repent to him and say, Lord, I'm sorry. Forgive me of my sins. God loves you that much. I'm telling you, it's not it's not anything that you can actually do that God won't forgive you of if you repent. So don't don't think that your sins are too are greater than salvation. No sin is greater than salvation. No sin can be can't be saved with salvation. And rededication of, of your um and by you rededicating your life to Christ. So I encourage you to say this prayer of rededication with me. Say, Lord Jesus, I realize that I am a sinner and I need you, Jesus, in my life. I ask you, Jesus, that God to forgive me. Forgive me of my wrongdoing. God, I stepped out of your grace just like the, the prodigal son. But I realize that I need you back in my life. Jesus, I ask you to forgive me of everything, every thought, every sin, every act that I have done. Jesus, I ask that you renew my mind again. Restore my identity so that I can get back in alignment with you. Jesus, I thank you for giving me another chance and accepting me with open arms. And because of that, Jesus, I choose to serve you. I choose to surrender to you and I'm not turning back. I thank you for giving me another chance and I will serve you for the rest of my days. In Jesus name, I pray. Amen. Hallelujah. 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 To God be the glory. To God be the glory. My God. God is so powerful. He is so mighty so mighty that he loved you that much that he would stop me in the middle of the message to ensure that you rededicate your life back to him because your life depended on it and now that you rededicated your life to god be the glory it's time to move forward we're celebrating for you. That feast that we were talking about in the word of God, we are celebrating for you now. Because you was going down a road that was not of God, but now you're back in alignment with him. And when you choose God, as we're going to continue, when you choose God over everything else, I'm telling you, can nobody bless you like God? Can nobody do you like God? Can nobody love you like God? Can nobody uh, provide for you like him? It's better to be on the Lord's side. It's so much better to be on the Lord's side.
so much better. My God. So let's get into, let's continue. So now, um, those that rededicated their lives, let's see what else. Let's see what else God, you know, will do for us when we, when we choose him. Let's see what else. So when we choose God over everything, God will. Number three, give us authority over the enemy. When we choose God over everything else, the enemy can't stop us. The enemy, ugh, listen, the enemy has, you know, dominion over the earth right now. However, he does not have authority over us. He does not have authority over us. But he tries to deceive us and thinking that he does. He's very crafty in the way in his words. He's very crafty in, in, in the way he um, says things and how he convinces us that sin is good. <laughs> but we have authority over him. Let's go to Luke. Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10, verse 17 through 19 in the Amplified Version. And it says, The joyous results. The 70 returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. He said to them, I watched Satan fall from heaven like a flash of lightning. Listen carefully. I have given you authority that you now possess to tread on serpents and scorpions and the ability to exercise authority over all the power of the enemy, Satan, and nothing will in any way harm you. Get this in verse 20 says, nevertheless, do not rejoice at this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rejoice that your names are recorded in heaven. So Jesus said he's given us authority to tread over scorpions, serpents and scorpions. So when the enemy tries you, when the enemy tries to convince you that, that you don't have, that you're not victorious, that you're not an overcomer, that you will never be free, that you will never be delivered. Start speaking, start speaking with authority. Remind him of the scripture. Put this in your Rolodex. Put this on your wall. Write it on, on a um, post-it note. Remind the enemy of the scripture. My father in heaven has given me authority to tread over serpents and scorpions. How dare you? How dare you? Come to me. You have no authority over me. You have no place. You have no room to be in, in my home. You have no authority over my family. Why? Because I have authority that my heavenly father has given me. So when an enemy tries to touch your family with, with sickness or tries to touch you, touches your mind, remind him. Remind him of what your heavenly father is. Remind him of your inheritance. Why? It's a part of your inheritance. The authority that God has given us is a part of our inheritance. But we have to exercise our authority. We have to exercise that. We should not be sitting around allowing the enemy to just do whatever he wants in our lives. My pastor Tracy talked about on Sunday uh, how, huh, uh, how when we, oh my gosh, 
when we allow the enemy to come in just even just a little bit, we give him legal access. When we obey the enemy versus obeying God, we give the enemy legal access over us to, to come into our lives, to, to cause a stronghold to be over us. She talked about foothold to um, versus to stronghold and how one thing, say you have an argument and you don't go back to them and, and, and forgive them or, you know, uh, repent and say that you apologize to that person. That thing can turn from a foothold to a stronghold and you give the enemy legal access. But we have the authority to say no more devil access denied no more access denied and when we choose god we're telling the enemy no more because you prodigal sons and daughters that just came back to christ you chose god because you could have said you know what no i'm gonna stay in this life because listen sin is enjoyable if sin wasn't enjoyable we wouldn't be doing it if it wasn't pleasing to our flesh, we would not be doing it. So you could have very well said, you know what? I, I like I like having premarital sex. I like, you know, drinking. I like smoking. Our flesh loves it, right? But you chose to come back to Christ. You chose to put away the sinful um, ways about yourself, the sinful behavior. You chose to put that away, to choose God. And God said, I'm giving you authority over the enemy. Use your weapon, that power of prayer, the power of prayer and using the word of God. Using the word of God. When you pray, use it. That's why God has given it to us. It's our spiritual weapons to, to, ooh, to have authority over God. Use it for your advantage because God has given it to us so that we can be to come up, come up on top over him. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Next one, number four, God will increase our discernment with the help of the Holy Spirit. With help from the Holy Spirit, God will increase our discernment. What is discernment? Discernment is knowing good, um, knowing what's uh, right from wrong. Knowing what's right from wrong. That's what discernment is. A lot of times, you know, we can be put into a situation where, huh? It, because the enemy, like I said, the enemy is very, very deceiving. And he knows the word of God too. So he knows how to twist and turn the word of God. He knows how to twist and turn it because he did it with, he did it with Adam and Eve and well, more so Eve. He convinced Eve because even though Eve knew her, her husband told her we can't eat from this tree. And when she told the enemy that when he was slithering his way up in, you know, in the Garden of Eden, he was like, God, God doesn't want you to eat that because he 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 knows that if you eat that, then then you're going to be more powerful with him. You're going to be just as powerful as he is because you're going to be knowledgeable and you're going to be wise. I'm paraphrasing. Go to go to read Genesis one, two, and three so you can get that whole synopsis of that story. But I'm paraph paraphrasing for time's sake. And she listened to him, and then she picked up that fruit and she ate it. 
And then she gave it to her husband and he ate it. And because of their disobedience, because of their disobedience, we have a sinful nature that we have to fight against every single day. But with Jesus' strength, thank you, Lord, he helps us to flee away from temptation. But if it wasn't for Jesus' strength, my God, many of us will be, will be in a life full of sin. Why? Because again, it's pleasing to our flesh. It is. So he's given, increase our discernment to, um, to help us know right from wrong so that we can stay along the straight and narrow path and be obedient to him. Choose righteousness, choose obedience. And the Holy Spirit helps us. Why? Because when Jesus left this earth and now he's seated on the right hand of the father until he comes back, until he comes back to get his, his bride, the church, he left us with the Holy Spirit, the advocate, our help. He left us because he knew that we were going to need. He said, listen, I'm going to leave you with the Holy Spirit because you're going to need direction. You're going to need to know what's right from wrong. Because when an enemy comes in like a flood, <laughs> you need to know. He's very convincing. So he left us with the Holy Spirit. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 2. 1 Corinthians 2, verse 14 through 16 in the NIV. And it says, fourteen through sixteen. It says, the person without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, but considers them foolishness and cannot understand them because they are discerned only through the Spirit. The person with the Spirit makes judgments about all things, but a but such a such a person, excuse me, is not subject to merely human judgments. For who has known the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. So as you can see, if we don't have the Holy Spirit, if we don't have Jesus Christ in our lives, if we don't have the Holy Spirit, we won't be able to understand spiritual things. We won't be able to understand why. Why can't I do this? Why can't I just do whatever I want? Why can't I just do this? Especially if it seems like it's innocent. Why can't I just, you know, go to sleep and get some more sleep when God is calling me to pray? Why can't I? It's a fight every single day. But God, God gives strength to push. God gives us strength to hold on. God gives us strength. To flee against temptation. And the Holy Spirit leads us the every direction. When, when there are decisions that we need to make, whether big or small, my God. This is why we always have to seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all things will be added unto us. We seek God first. When we seek God first. And his righteousness, all things will be added unto us. 
all things. So we got to we got to seek him. Thank you, mommy. Hi, Mama T. We got to seek him. And when we seek God first, he already left us the Holy Spirit. Jesus already left us the Holy Spirit to guide us, to direct us in which way we need to go. And when we choose to follow that path, when we choose to be obedient to that, the rewards we will get, the rewards we will get, my God, God will bless you for being faithful to him. God will bless you for being obedient, obedient to him. Obedience is better than sacrifice. My God. Next point. Number five. God will give us eternal life. Eternal life. This life, as I mentioned earlier, this life here is our temporary home. It's temporary. When we leave this earth, all the houses, all the cars, everything that we have, materialistic things. Even, I, I said to tell you, your husband and your wife. You're going to know them by, by the spirit, but they're not going to be a husband and wife anymore because there will it'd be no need for that anymore. Yeah, we can't understand it right now because we're still in our flesh, right? But God gives us eternal life because to live a life in heaven, my God, is either life in heaven, in bliss, in splendor with God, God's splendor or a life of eternal damnation in hell with the enemy, Satan, burning for eternity. And this is why God sent his only begotten son to die on the cross for our sins. For the redemption of our sins, he shed his blood for us so we can have life eternally. Let's go to John three sixteen. John 3, 16, which I've been reading a lot in this series, but it's very important that we know the scripture, especially when it comes to salvation. It says, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. But have eternal life. He sent his only son. And when we believe in him, we'll have eternal life. Let's go to Matthew. Matthew 25, verse 31 through 46. And also in the NIV version, and it says, when the son of man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, he will sit on his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered before him and he will separate the people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, come, you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. 
I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a, see you a stranger and invite you in or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? The king will reply, truly, I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. Depart from me, you who curse, who are cursed into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger and you did not invite me in. I needed clothes and you did not clothe me. I was sick and in prison and you did not look after me. They also will answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or needing clothes or sick or in prison and did not help you? He will reply, truly, I tell you, whatever you did not do for one of the least of these, you did not do for me. Then they will go away to eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. My God. It's literally black or white. No shades of gray. God loves us unconditionally. But he said, choose ye this day who you will serve. Will you stay and, and be, um, be comfortable with the old version of yourself? Stay and be comfortable. With, with this version of yourself, the version that's been aspiring and, and you looking at everybody else, they've been upgraded spiritually, they've been upgraded all around them. You're seeing them being prosperous. You're seeing them being blessed. And I'm not even just talking about financially, just seeing just how, how God has been uh, moving through them. The things that God has been doing, delivering them from sickness, delivering, healing them from sickness, delivering them from bad habits. Touching their family. Their family has been blessed. But you still choose to be in this old version. When God's saying, I'm trying to upgrade you. I'm trying to upgrade you. But you're satisfied with where you are. You're being satisfied with where you are. And God is saying, listen. You have to choose, choose ye this day to upgrade or when during that day and time is either you're going to receive your inheritance and be in heaven with eternal life, which you're talking about, or eternal damnation. We have to choose. And God is, God is calling for us to upgrade. God is calling for us to upgrade with him, to be obedient. And this is even, thank you, Holy Spirit, this is even for the people that are, huh, the people that are, you know, are in church. And maybe they think that just because they, they're on ministries and or a minister, 
and they're doing, you know, all these things. They, they could be uh, philanthropists giving to the needy. But where's your heart at? Are you doing this? Because many of those people are going to say, Lord, I did this in your name. He said, you didn't do this in my name. You did this for yourself. You, do the, you did this so all the glory can go on yourself. You didn't do this for me. God knows our heart. Do a heart check tonight. Do a heart check. Hey, and just like my pastor say, hey, don't be offended. Just do a heart check and it's repent. God loves us that much that he he wanted us to to hear. Listen, God was you no know, downloaded into my spirit to be a blessing to me so that I can share it with you guys to make sure that we we are on this journey together. I'm not I'm not coming from a place of judgment because as you hear my testimony, I've been there. And I am and I'm telling you, I'm living the life where I, I'm so grateful that, that God took me along the path and pushed me and, and molded and shaped me to be obedient, even in seasons where I wanted to give up, even in seasons where I said, Lord, is it truly worth it? Where I, I felt like I was going to be like the Israelites and after God uh, delivered me from that, you know, the Israelites were being delivered from Egypt and Mo God used Moses to do that. But yet they still murmured and complained. Why? Because... They because they had to go through a little bit because they wasn't getting everything that they wanted at once at at one time or at the time that they wanted but had they had just waited they would have received it but they got stuck on the fact that even though the, the egyptians were treating me wrong at least we had shelter at least we had food at least we some of us had gold even though we had to, we had to deal with slavery, so I felt that in moments where I was like, God, I feel like living a life of sin is better than than living a life for you, because I was it felt it felt like that in that moment, but God reminded me, He reminded me that He's faithful and that He's a man of His word, and if I just hold on. And if I just keep going, I will reap everything that I sowed, that I will be in my harvest season. And I will see, and I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful that I have followed Jesus, that when I when it look crazy to everybody else and they like, why, why you can't hang out? Why you can't drink with us no more? Why, listen, why you can't be around us? They didn't understand it. I, to be honest, low-key, I didn't understand it either. But I trusted God and I chose to follow him by any means necessary. That means many of you had to cut off relationships. Many of you had to cut off those relationships. Because you're stuck with that old version of yourself. But God is trying to upgrade you. God is trying to upgrade you. 
we gotta we gotta people of God, we cannot be comfortable with being mediocre. God did not create his children to be mediocre. Every single day, we need to be growing in him. Every single day, we need to be growing in God. God wants to take us to a new place in him. But only if we choose. Only if we choose him. He's not going to make us do it. Why? Because God has given us free will. He wants to see that we really want it. He wants to see how bad we want it. How bad we want it. And when we do, our last point, we will receive a reward, 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 I should have put rewards in in heaven. He will reward us in heaven. Word of God talks about, and I don't know if God will lead me to to talk about that. I'm just like, where God be leading me, I'll be like, ah. Sometimes we feel like I'm unqualified to talk about certain things, but whatever God tells me to talk about, I will do it. Because if he wants to use me, Lord, have your way. But there are so many different rewards in heaven, crowns, different crowns and level of crowns. There's levels in heaven and different places where we will actually live in heaven based on what we do on earth. So we're so, a lot of people are so concerned. And I'm not going to sit up here and act like I don't want a new car or I want a house and all of that. I'm not going to sit here and lie and say I don't want that. But my concern is not what's here on earth. God blesses us so we can enjoy some things here on earth. But our greatest reward is what we get in heaven for what we have done for, for God. Here on earth. So Matthew 5, 11 through 12. Matthew 5, 11 through 12 in the Amplified Version. And it says. 11, yes, 11 through 12. Blessed, morally courageous and spiritually alive with life, joy and God's goodness are you when people insult you and persecute you and falsely say all kinds of evil things against you because of your association, your association with me. Be glad and exceedingly joyful for your reward in heaven is great, absolutely inexhaustible. For in the same way, they persecuted the prophets who were before you. So God, Jesus is saying in this moment that when you choose me, yeah, people may talk about you. They may turn their back on you. They may, you know, do all these things. Why? Because they knew who you served. They knew, know who you belong to. But your reward, your reward is in heaven. For your reward in heaven is great, absolutely inexhaustible. Basically saying it doesn't aspire. For in this same way, they persecuted the prophets who were before you. So God is saying, I know you have to endure some things. Trust me, it will be worth it. It will be worth it. I'm looking forward to the day when I sit before Jesus. 
and he gives me my crown and he says, well done, my good and faithful servant. I am looking forward to the day when I say, my God, everything that I had to endure, everything, the persecutions, all because I'm connected to Jesus, all because I do it for him, not for me. I don't do it for myself. I do it for him because it will be worth it. It will be worth it for to hear my Savior say, well done, that good and faithful servant. And he gives me my crown. Oh, sarabaya, surubokoya. That's what we need to be striving for. That's what we need to be have on our mind and be intentional about. My God. Last scripture. Matthew 16. Verse 26 through 28. In the Amplified Version. And it says, for what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world, wealth, fame, success, or forfeits his soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? For the son of man is going to come in the glory and majesty of his father with his angels. And then he will repay each one in accordance with what he has done. I assure you and most solemnly say to you, there are some of those standing here who will not taste death before they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. My God. The guy is saying, don't be so concerned about the world. What is that going to profit you? Or would you rather choose the things of the world instead of choosing God? Instead of choosing to have eternal life? Because you're trying to get temporary, temporary pleasure. Instead of eternal life, instead of eternal reward. Think about it, y'all. Is it really worth it? To choose that, that other, to choose the life of the world over God. Is it really worth it? And that leads to the second call because earlier, earlier we did the call to rededication. We're never going to do the call of, of salvation. For those of you that have been listening, we're listen, listening to this podcast, listening to the word. And you're like, Wow. I've, I've chased fame. I've, I've chased, I've chased, you know, to get the cars and, and the girls and the guys. And I've chased this paper, this money, this cheddar. I chased it. And it, I'm still feel empty. I still feel empty. Is it, is this like, why am I here? Is this, is this all that life has to give? Is this materialistic things, and I, I feel like it's more to life than this. I feel like there's more. Is a reason why I, I'm here on Earth. Is a reason why I'm living. I feel empty. 
And as I was listening, I, I realized that and maybe if I try Jesus, maybe if I, I give my life to him and if I accept him into my life as my Lord and Savior, he will fill the void that I've had for so long. The love that I thought I can get from, from materialistic things and from other relationships, maybe Jesus can do that for me. But I'm here to tell you I know he can. There's no, no love like Jesus. His unconditional love to love you beyond your faults, beyond your flaws, beyond your weaknesses. He'll love you beyond all of that. And guess what? He'll use you. He'll use you. Those things that they are weak, he'll make you strong. Those things that what that you the life that you came from, he'll use that as your testimony to show others of how God can can take you from a life full of sin to the life where you are whole, where you're whole and you're free and you're delivered. So you're ready to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. I encourage you to say this prayer with me. Say, Lord Jesus, I know that I am a sinner and I need you, Jesus, in my life. I've allowed myself to be convinced that materialistic things will fill the void in my life. But I know now that, Jesus, you are the answer. You are the answer. To give me the salvation that I need so that I can have life eternally. So, Jesus, I'm standing today to say I believe in my heart and I'm confessing in my mouth that you died on the cross for my sins. Thank you, Jesus, for forgiving me. I repent of all my wrongdoings. Thank you for forgiving me. And, Jesus, wash me. Make me whole. Renew my mind. And I thank you, Jesus, that I am now a new creature and all those old things are behind me. Thank you for accepting me into the family of God. And I will surrender myself. To, I'm surrendering myself to you right now to serve you for the rest of my life. In Jesus name, I pray. Amen. If you pray that prayer of salvation, welcome to the body of Christ. Hallelujah. 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 To God be the glory. My God, to God be the glory. Heaven is rejoicing for you. Guess what? God has wiped your slate clean. Everything you did before this moment, already forgotten. God has forgotten it. You're a new creature. You are a new creature. You've just been upgraded. Ooh, Rabaya. You've just been upgraded. Nothing like an upgrade from God. The best upgrade you can ever receive is salvation. Best upgrade. My Lord, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. And for those of you that want to continue to follow uh, the Imperfectly Perfect platform, you can definitely follow us on I Am Imperfectly Perfect on Facebook. Also, um, which is I Am Imperfectly Perfect Incorporated 
on Instagram, we are I underscore am underscore imperfectly perfect. And we are available on all podcast platforms, Google Podcasts, Spotify, um, Apple Podcasts. Apple Podcast, excuse me, and more. So please look out for that. Please look out for um, any events that we have going on, planning, you know, with things opening back up and God is going to be down, down, down into my spirit, just the direction that he wants it perfectly perfect to go. So look out for those things. Stay connected. Be encouraged. Be uplifted. If you need help finding a church home, please inbox me, whether on Facebook or Instagram. I will more more than... um happy to help you find a church home because it's necessary with your walk with Christ to make sure that you have a good covering, a good pastor, shepherd that can lead you and and you have great teaching and fellowship with those so that you can be held accountable for your actions and so that you know you can just know how to live a righteous life. So I love you guys being be encouraged and uplifted. I pray that God um, allows you to have sweet sleep tonight that anything that the enemy tries to do. Remember, God has given you authority to tread over serpents and scorpions. Use that authority. Why? Because you have just been upgraded. All right, guys. Until next time on A Perfectly Perfect Live, I will see you guys next week. Have a great night.